back in here on Thursday. It is Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise with you. Stick to sports coming up at 845. One hour from now, we will go behind enemy lines. Matt Money-Smith, who covers the Chargers, will join us as we'll get the L.A. perspective of this matchup on Sunday against the Titans, which will feature Phillip Rivers against Ryan Tannehill. And here to talk that and all things Nashville sports, we welcome in our pal Joe Rex Road from The Athletic. Rex, how you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm looking forward to uh, some media hoops. We got media hoops coming. Marquise has worked hard on this, and I, you guys are all in, right? Uh, yes, we've been asking Marquise, where's the court? We've been asking him for months where the court is, and we're <laughs> trying to, like, Nick and I are ready. So, Joe, I keep referring to you, man. Of like, Joe's got the court set up. He man. keeps blaming you. He's we, passing the buck. Yeah, we've got, we've got we've got some po- different options. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll make it work. Don't I, worry. I will say that you did. I did see nice form from you on a three point shot on the Twitter machine. How many takes the, did that take? The question is how many takes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say because Dave Foster, I, I thanked him because he he uh, put out the you know the the shot of that. My first one was just an awful air ball. You know, like oh, I had gotcha. to get a warm up shot. I was like, oh man, but yeah, I got to go. I got to cook it a little bit. Was that uh, was that altered like some of those trick shots that kids put up on YouTube these days? <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, "Man, I didn't realize my shot was that pretty." So maybe it was. <laughs> although, well, although I heard you got scouting reports on me from uh, my boss Mitch Light over at Athlon Sports, ooh. I heard I heard you got a scouting report on me from uh, from from somebody there on, on the well, Twitter. We've got to get him out there too, because uh, you know, of course, Mitch won the three point contest, and uh, apparently he's a distributor. So there you go. Yeah, he you is. Know. All right, Rex. Well, we'll see if Ryan Tannehill can be a distributor on Sunday. But to be a distributor, you got to be able to stand upright for more than two and a half seconds. So, what do you make of his possibility of doing anything remotely productive this week and moving forward? Well, you know, I think that uh, you know he, he's going to get the ball out a little quicker than Marcus. You know, I, I think we've we've seen that. And another thing I thought in camp is I, I thought he was a little bit better at times. Um, at, you know, it's standing in there and going through reads. You know, I, I think in other ways, I still think Marcus's ceiling is a little higher than Tannehill's. But you know, maybe with a team that's struggling to to protect, um, it will help to have one the ball coming out a little faster, of course. But also, you know, there, I think the pass rush and the sacks, some of those have been on Marcus, and some of that has been Marcus taking those eyes down when actually, you know, the pocket was holding. And there was another read to go through and an open receiver, but the eyes were already down. And maybe with, with Tannehill, you know, the eyes will stay up a little bit longer and that'll make a difference. But, yeah, obviously the line has to block better. They've got to have balance in Derrick Henry. And those rece- I think the thing we don't talk about enough is, you know, and it's, of course it's easier to see from the press box. I mean, there's a lot of plays where those receivers are struggling to get separation, you know, and, and those guys have got to win more often than they have been. How have you seen over the year and a half of Mike Rabel's tenure, you know, in dealing with the media, he certainly had a couple of moments very early uh, in his tenure that we sort of had some questions about. Then we sort of, hey, he overcame a lot of adversity in his first year. We gave him compliments and sort of high marks for that. How has he evolved and, and are you seeing a different Vrabel? Are you seeing what you need to see from Vrabel in handling this adversity this year? I think in terms of handling the adversity, it seems fine. You know, I mean, it's not like he's melting down or anything like that. He's been fine at press conferences and everything. Um, 
you know, I think obviously there was a stretch there where there'd be like one decision a week where we're all like, what? And a couple of them I, I still can't figure out. So you've got the in-game thing. And then, look, the bottom line is the product. So I was I was impressed with how he handled everything last year. And I thought there were a couple days in particular where I thought he won with the game plan. And I, I just saw a lot more comfort in the offseason from him. You watch them on the practice field, you can't help but be impressed. And I know we talk too much about him, you know, getting into the drills. But, I mean, I think he's a good teacher, and, and, and I think that's a big focus of the staff. But when the product's this bad, then the, everything comes into question. So that's really what it comes down to right now for me is, uh, you know, this offense is just incredibly bad right now, seven points in ten quarters. And that's, you know, he made the decision to elevate his tight ends coach and a big, a big, uh, you know, talking point there was continuity for Marcus. So Marcus doesn't have to mess, you know, change it again. And you know, Marcus is out. So there's a lot of pressure now on him and on Arthur Smith to put out a better product. It still comes down to that. Now, Joe, um, we had, we were talking earlier, and I brought up, you know, hey, listen, it, 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 it a lot of it's going to be on, you know, Mike and 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 uh, Robinson, John, a lot of it's going to be on them. They chose to make the decision uh, to to change quarterbacks and, and, and try to get a spark plug on this team. Uh, and I have no information in regards to what I'm about to ask you. Um, we've seen owners, you know, sort of have, 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 have their say in public um, about their team. And it just seemed to me that Amy – has given John every opportunity. Amy has said, you hire your offensive coordinator, you hire your coach. And to me, this quarterback move, I can see Amy saying, you know, hey, what's going on with this offense? Y'all need to make a change. She's not going to come out publicly and say it, but I think she's done enough to try to get this organization back to respectability. And now she's looking at it and saying, what's going on with this offense, guys? I've given, I've given y'all everything that y'all need. Now y'all need to do something, whether it be the quarterback or someone. Y'all need to do something to get this thing straight. Can you see that being a possibility? Oh, for sure. And, you know, at the very least, and really, Rabel confirmed this yesterday, you know, I mean, this is a move – that you don't make if you aren't ready to basically tell the public, you know, this is moving forward without Marcus next year. I mean, you can make the argument, a lot of the coaches just look, Rabel really just thinks Tannehill right now should be in there for a spark, and just that's that. But that's not what this was. This was an organization discussion. And so at the very least, if it wasn't, hey, change the quarterback, it was at least, yeah, it's, you know, the decision, the long-term decision is clear through this move. Um, so, Like you know, she I, gave I the okay. Which one? What's that? I'm saying like Amy gave the, ultimately, or Amy gave the okay. Okay, okay, y'all going to do this? Okay, yeah. I'm I'm in agreement with it. Exactly. So, so yeah, so we know now, and we're just doing as he was talking yesterday. I mean, he was talking about the short term and about responding and supporting Ryan, but he was talking about his career, too. And, you know, this isn't the end of my career. And he, I mean, he knows. He knows that next year he's going to be finding a new place. So this was definitely much more than just, eh, let's put in this guy that's first this. I mean, sometimes it's a lot more than that. And, and that's the situation. And, man, I, I, you know, right now I'll tell you guys, 
you know one way or another, Marcus Mariota is probably going to end up on that field again this year. I mean, he and Tannehill both have, have injury history. So, you know, it may not be the end of him doing something for this team, but it's the end of the idea that he'd be the long-term fix or the long-term solution. Rex, in the first hour of the show, we had a good discussion about athletes and the media and, you know, athletes taking the, the tough questions when they're struggling. We mentioned the Zach Brown issue in Philadelphia where he called out Kirk Cousins. Cousins had a great game and then asked about it after the game. He didn't want to talk about it and ultimately he got released. You know, I think you're the perfect guy to ask this question to as a journalist. You know, what is the fine line between media member pushing player for tough answer an athlete, you know, not wanting to answer the question in front of the media, and we had a really spirited debate on that. Where do you stand on that whole relationship and dynamic? Well, I'm sorry I didn't hear it. I, it's, a, it's a great discussion. Um, and, uh, you know, to me, I, I think, first of all, it, it's individual situations and personalities, and there's just some people you can talk about things with, and some people are going to shut down way early. I mean, it's just it, – so – it's not one thing across the board. Taylor Lewan, for example, uh, no matter what might happen in the game, and you know, we all know Taylor Lewan has his moments where he'll just do weird stuff and, and sometimes hurt his team and all that. But, like, you can ask him whatever, and he'll stand in there and he'll answer the question. And, the other, like, you can't go too far. And I appreciate that. For all the things that he does at times that, you know, that maybe aren't great, um, he's at least a, a pro athlete. He kind of understands that, you know what, everybody's in there doing a job, and I make a ton of money doing this, and you guys are a conduit to the fans, and so I'm going to sit here and answer questions. I think that's what everyone needs to understand. Like, you are rich because there's people who want to watch you on TV or at the stadium, and these media people, and people look at media people as like, well, I hate that media person or, you know, whatever. And that's fine. That, that happens too. But we are – we're just the go-between for the people who make all the money possible. And so really you need to, to step up and answer the questions. Joe, good stuff as always. We appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. And D-Mace, we need you on the court, man. Hey, I'm, I'm there. So I suggested on Twitter that this was a team thing. Like, I want 102.5 Morning Drive to take on the athletic. Oh. And Joe Rexford oh, immediately oh, was like, me, Joe immediately was like scared. He you were scared and you ran away. <laughs> You're going to give me Vingan and Glennon. I, I, I couldn't play a game of horse with them. Come on. Oh, I didn't say I, w- I didn't say it wasn't on purpose, Joe. Uh, you can bring you can bring in ringers from other athletic websites around the other markets. <laughs> the no, Athletic no, Atlanta. No, the ringers a different website, dude. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, bring Bill Simmons while you're at it. You can have Marquise. We get Derek. All right, good stuff. Thanks, Joe. Okay. <laughs> we got you. Joe Rex run with us. Uh, we do got to get this going. Yeah, Marquise, got a court? You've man, been talking about this I'm for not months. The, man, first of all, I'm You've not from here. About this for so I don't know where the courts are. That's a Joe thing. Joe is setting up I the court. I play on the streets, dude. 8th Avenue, right across from Green. You said we were going sizzling. on the streets. We, we going sizzling. Oh, we going sizzling. We go a sizzle. Wait a minute, can't jump. Derek's looking at us like Sydney. what? Sydney. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I mean. There's still what? a sizzler. Why don't you <laughs> shut your Diet Coke drink and anorexic malnutritious mouth up? Listen, listen. <laughs> we can beat them anywhere. We can beat them anywhere. 
Yeah. We can meet him in Nashville. We can meet him in Goodlesville. We can meet him at the Curb Event Center. We can meet him Center. anywhere. We can meet him at Bridgestone. We can meet him anywhere. Come on, guys. We got to be determinated, man. We got to be determinated. We're determinated. <laughs> All right. Here's the truth. The truth is, Marquis has four months now said, hey, uh-huh. do, do you guys want to play in a game? And four months now, we've said, Yes, Marquise, we'd love to play in a game. And every time he goes, oh, it's Joe Rexroad's fault. I think Joe he Rexroad's likes the fault. idea of playing a game, but he really don't want to set it up. I, that sounds about right. That sounds like typical yeah. millennial. Exactly. I like the idea I love of, that. You do it for me. You do it. It's kind of like that commercial. <laughs> hey, do you know somebody? That, yeah. Well, can you tell them to do this? Can you tell them to do that? Yeah. I forgot what commercial that was. God, I'd, I'd love to mow my lawn, but I think you should do it for yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. You got a lawnmower? Yeah, I got a lawnmower. <laughs> hey, well, can you mow my grass for me, please? Dude, I can't <laughs> even get my mower started. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, you guys it. know that. You don't, yeah. do, you don't do things well. I don't. Just Look, things. the media thing, the media basketball hoops was... Joe's idea. He came to me, approached me because you know, a- athletic black guy. He yeah. knows basketball yeah. <laughs> better than the rest of these guys. So, <laughs> not every brother can Joe, play hoops. Joe's yeah, not I can here to, to that. Joe's yeah, not like, here to defend himself either. So no, no, I'm not. joking. I'm joking. But no, he came up to me and asked me for media hoops. I had this thing with us first before he even approached me right. about this. So I was just like, hey, we'll just throw two and two together. You got a court. I got players. Let's yeah. let's go. And we so, a, we that's a, how we set it up. We have a separate beef. Mm-hmm. That is just Nick and I versus Marquise and Calvin. That's a yeah. separate thing we've got to do. That's an in-house beef. That's an in-house beef. But then mm-hmm. we, we we circle the wagons. Yeah. When morning drive, we got a media beef, just and like the Buffalo Bills. Yes. When we go four on four, and it's the four of us, we'll, we'll take anybody. Yeah, we'd be any media. It doesn't matter. Market, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what company on. you work bring for, what medium you work in. The four of us right here will take you. Yeah, bring I'm just them on. Okay, we could do it like I'm this then: the Tennessee and the Athletic. We'll combine the two Fine. versus the morning drive. Exactly. Take whatever. every every do television every television station too. What are you going to do? Yeah, channel two, four, whatever. It don't I, matter. I would put I this collection. I would put the four of us against any media outlet in this city. Yes. Yes. Big facts. TV, Big facts. internet, newspaper, or radio. Bring it. Oh, I got, de- a lot, I got a lot of Jimmer for debt to my game. You better watch out. <laughs> we I'm going to teach y'all how to so, Jimmer. So we tr- determinated, tr- okay? True story, though. Mitch Light gave a scouting report on me. Basically, I'm, I'm, I think it's along the lines of uh, uh, completely wild, uh, de- deceptively, <laughs> player. deceptively athletic, I believe was the, the quote. Deceptively athletic and can get to the basket. But is a little bit ira- erratic, and that's you're, you're that kind of like a my game. you're kind of like a mini Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, I don't have a jump shot like he does. Though. <laughs> I, I I flail like he does. Like my elbows <laughs> flail a lot, and like I'm I'm sort of angular and pointy. So when I'm coming in the lane fast, you kind of want to get out of the way because you're trying to protect yourself yeah. from like m- the body parts that I can't control. I just want to cr- I just want to cross over the constable. Break some ankles. Oh, that's so easy to do though. See him fall that's down. Mean. All right, we're coming back after this. Stay there. 820, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game. Stick to sports, coming up 845. Uh, Also this hour, we're going to get to Jeremy Pruitt. Third Saturday in October is upon us. Uh, But we were having a good discussion on the media versus athletes, and we you know, rehashed that conversation a little bit with Joe Rexroad. Well, Chad wants to weigh in on that as well, and you can do so at 737-1025. Chad, you're on Morning Drive. Chad, you go ahead. Hey guys, sorry I couldn't call in earlier. I got a tertiary job that held me from calling in, but since y'all brought it back up with Joe Rexro, I figured I'd call in and chime in. Sure. Um, so my thing with the media, I can't. I kind of side with uh, Darren on this, uh, 
if you really want a truly original answer, then ask him a truly original question. Uh, and I hear Jared say this more than anything. He's like, I'm not going to listen to that because that's just coach speak. He's not going to give you anything because that's just coach speak. But, I mean, for me as a fan, if your coaches and players aren't speaking like that and they don't actually have that mentality of I'm worried about today, then I'm worried about the team, <laughs> you know? So, uh, I mean, I kind of side with Darren. I feel like the media does try to do things just for clicks. Um I'd, I'd rather hear coach speak than somebody outlandishly speak their mind anyways because then that makes me worry about the mental fortitude of the team. <laughs> well, you you bring up a great point, Chad, uh, Chad. First of all, there's a Derek and a Braden on the show. I don't know who Darren is. He I hosts he the was, Midday Show. Yeah. Um, I think he meant me. I, I think so. Dang it. Am I, now my name's Darren? Yeah. Darren I, Mason. Um, <laughs> Darren, Darren Mason. Um I, I think he brings up an interesting point, though, about how, and especially in the social media era where we all just get outraged about everything, it's like, well, we're outraged if you give us coach speak, and then you say something honest, and we're outraged that you gave us something honest, right? Like, in general, I think fans on Twitter or, or, or whatever social media forum you, you're using, it, it's sort of, you know, we want coaches to be honest, and then the second they're honest, we don't like that they're honest, and I don't like that. I personally would rather someone be a little bit politically incorrect but give me an honest answer. I don't worry about a... a like, to, what Chad's saying there about, well, I'm worried about the mental health of the team if a player gives me an off-the-cuff sort of emotional response. I'd say no. I'd say he's a human. I, I want to hear, hear human responses. Now, I will say this, and I'm not, I'm not going to pick on a particular medium that is visual and you use a camera to shoot, but, but there is one particular medium that asks the worst questions of anybody, right? Because TV guy needs 12 seconds of, of video content to put on his newscast. And I don't like TV guys question or girl. I don't like those questions because I think they're basic, boring, and not creative to the caller's point. I think when we have people on our show, I don't think we ask bad questions. I I think we ask Derek Mason, why is your product unwatchable? You asked Derek Mason that right to his face yesterday, Nick. I don't, well, not to his face, but over the that, phone. That's true. You know, we asked. I, I asked yesterday <laughs> Ian Air over the phone yeah. about the soccer stadium. We're, we're not going to ask. You know, talk about your schedule, coach. You know, talk about your mindset. Talk, like, that's not what we do. And so I, I think the majority of media members do a pretty good job of asking the question they know the fans want the answer to. I, I that's think, what it's about. It's what the fans want to yeah. know. It's, Marcus, how did you feel when you got benched? That's what he had to be asked because that's what the fans want to know. One of the best exchanges now for back-to-back weeks has been somebody with the Texans media asking Deshaun Watson really good questions. And you can find it. It was a big talk of social media for the last couple of Sundays. Deshaun Watson has given unbelievably good answers. And and listen, and Rex Road said it. Taylor Lewan, generally speaking, gives very thoughtful and responsible answers. He stands up there as the voice and the highest-paid player and sort of the leader of the team, and, and, and accepts the responsibility to answer questions. He, he does that pretty well. Now, he goes and acts like a knucklehead on Twitter sometimes, mm-hmm. like two days later. But, but in the moment when they lost to Buffalo, he answered every question. In the moment against Denver, he answered every question. So I, I think there are certain guys who are better than that. Like Derrick Henry uh, is just not going to give you anything. Like mm-hmm. it, that's not, that doesn't, I'm not trying to goat him or get clicks out of him or whatever, but he's not going to give me an answer. He's going to say we need to be better. We got to keep practicing. We got to stick together. We need to be better. He's just going to give me coach speak. 
I personally prefer Lo, the, the Lawan type of answer because at least I'm getting some honesty. Did Did you give the media stuff when you played here in Baltimore, or were you considered, or, or maybe you're not even aware of what the media thought of you, were you considered a cliched answer guy, or were you spitting truth a lot? No, I just spoke, you know, the the truth. I spoke my truth. I wasn't going to throw anybody under the bus just for the sake of an media guy getting, you know, a click or you know you were inflammatory right yeah i just this i am going to you you ask me a question i'm going to give you my truth um and you take it from there um i didn't i never held back but i always was tactful in how i answered the question because again yeah i'm going to give you a good answer but don't expect me to throw my teammates under the bus don't expect me to start a commotion in a locker room because that's what you want. No, I'm going to give you my honest answer, but I'm going to give it to you in such a way that hopefully it does answer your question, but then, two, it's not going to you know, put my team in, in, a, in a position where now they're questioning, you know, where's your loyalty at, Derek? You know, you know why are you doing – no, it's – I was taught from a, from, a, from a player standpoint, you – when when a question is asked of you, when someone asks you a question, take your time. You're not in the rush. They want the answer, you know. So you're not in a rush to answer their question. Take your time. Think about what you're gonna what you're gonna say, and then say it. Don't feel rushed because obviously they're coming to you because they wanna they want an answer. So don't feel rushed. Don't make it seem like it. You gotta answer it a certain way. No, answer it the way you're gonna answer it. In such a way, think about that, it. Yeah, think yeah. about it. Be tactful in it, and and don't throw your teammates under the bus. And that's how I've always approached it. I've always been engaging. Um, yeah, I've been upset at times, but I'm. Listen, they're only they're asking questions about what they see, you know. And and a lot of times, I don't think I've ran into any media member that tried to fabricate a story or tried to make up something that that. That because you get that fired. wasn't out there because you get fired if you do that or tried to you know prod prod prod. I don't think I maybe maybe I have and I handled it a certain way, but I don't I don't recall. I, I think know? more people could learn from you in general, young people in particular. Mm-hmm. Tact is something that's just disappearing. Mm-hmm. Whether and and largely on social media and you can't again Twitter's not real life. I know. Mm-hmm. But tact is something that, like, young – it feels like – again, maybe I'm just getting old and get off my lawn and I'm Mr. Bruno here. But, like, <laughs> I, I do feel like they're, they're, that tact is something that is slowly devolving. Like, we're not as tactful as we used to be. And, and, and I think that that's – in an effort to be inflammatory or go viral or whatever, we're – the ability to to be engaging and answer your question, but also do it in a classy, respectful, tactful way, I, I think is that that's a, a lost art to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think young people, just in general in life, I've worked with a few that just don't have the ability to uh, understand what tact is all about and how to interact with people. So th- there's certain guys in locker rooms that know how to do it. And and like, here's what I'll say: if you want to, my personal opinion, because I did not like. Belichick and Brady laughing about the sexual assault question. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like it. I, I thought it was. I love Belichick's shtick. I think it's funny, but when but when you bring in an accused sexual assaulter, you owe your fans an answer to the question. And I did not like Belichick saying one word. I didn't like Brady laughing about it. I thought it was disrespectful, just in general, to the issue. You know who was an unbelievable answer on the Patriots during that Antonio Brown stuff? And if you want a PR lesson, go listen to this guy's answer, Matthew Slater. 
gave a perfect answer to the Antonio Brown question. Special team stud. He was he he basically said, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, and it's a longer answer than this, but basically he just said. I do not want to minimize the issue of sexual assault, but I do not I would be lying to you if I told you I understood all the details of what's going on, so I can't really comment on the situation with X Y and Z. Like he gave a picture perfect, I care about this, this is important, but I I can't comment on it cuz I don't know anything and I can't say anything to you guys. Go listen to Matthew Slater's answer, and if you run a PR firm, that's the guy I want running my PR firm cuz that was an answer that it, it I think uh, it, it paid attention to the gravity of the situation while also not commenting. When, when somebody when somebody laughs, uh, what I've come to know and and learn is that the laugh is not the laugh. It's a laugh of it's like a default setting. I don't feel comfortable answering that question. So a lot of people kind of like smirk or laugh and they're not laughing at the situation. They're just laughing because they don't know how to answer it. So their default, just like a, um, as a default or a man as a default, when you're talking to someone, mm-hmm. I Tom, think a Tom Brady's pretty comfortable. some people, but, but no, I, we think he's comfortable, but we really don't well, know him he, like that. And we, some questions he, he answered, he just laughed it off. Like, man, I really don't, it's like a default well, well, for some he, people. He laughed at the follow-up question. And, again, I know he wasn't laughing at a sexual assault victim. I know that. But what happened was is he was asked the question. He said no. And somebody followed up and said, so you really don't think that this is something you need to blah, blah, blah? And he's like, <laughs> didn't I just answer? And I'm kind of like, dude, Tom, like, come on, man. Like, yeah. like you, you and Belichick have this shtick, but when it comes to stuff like this, you need to go further. You, you need to give us a real answer. And instead, you, you made your special teams guy do all the work for you. And I didn't, I didn't particularly like that one situation. But again, I thought Matthew Slater's answer on that topic was spectacular. Speaking of an answer, Jeremy Pruitt has the answer. He has the strategy on how the Tennessee Volunteers will defeat Alabama this Saturday in Tuscaloosa. You'll hear from the ball coach coming up next. I'm going to tell you how you can defeat Father Time. Because, man, we're not getting any younger. But... Here's a way that you can slow down that clock and feel like a young man again, okay? And you do it by going to see my good folks at Cool Springs MD. They're my friends. I'm slowing down that age thing because I've been over there, and I've been telling you this for over a year now. Men have started to seek uh, help for hormone deficiencies and imbalance, and Dr. Jeffrey Lodge and his wife Daphne, along with that experienced staff, give men the treatment required to improve their quality of life. Kuzreen's MD services have already helped many men of Brentwood, Nashville, Franklin, and the surrounding areas in Tennessee with improving their immune system. Man, we need not get a cold because when we get a cold, we act like little babies. I'm just telling the truth because I do it myself. Immune systems, energy levels, that's what I talk about, the energy level. When I step into this building in the morning, my energy levels are high. Why? Because I go see the good folks at Cool Springs MD. Not only your energy levels, but your cognitive functions and more. They are there to connect you with the medical care you require to have a healthy, enriched life. And there's no better time now to achieve a healthier lifestyle. Men what are you waiting on, okay? What are you waiting for? On, it don't matter. But what are you waiting for? Give Cool Springs MD a call today. Make your appointment, okay? Just pick up your phone. Here's the digits right here. Write it down. Store it in your phone. as Cool Springs MD. 615-486-3458. 615-486-3458. Or visit their website like I did and I continue to do. CoolSpringsMD.com. 
Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5, the game where we question the answers and then we answer the questions. Stick to sports coming up at 845. We'll try to answer as many of those questions as we can, but usually we just run out of time. And then Marquis saves the questions for the next day, and that's the way the process is made. Recycle, baby. Exactly. Uh, One thing that's not recyclable is what a real small, I believe, college program does and has success that Jeremy Pruitt might actually try to put into practice Okay, Saturday night at Bryan-Denny Stadium. So, apparently... You mean falling down to fake injuries? Maybe that. <laughs> Could very well be. All hands on deck Saturday I, night. Yeah, no, no strategy is a bad strategy. That's correct. When you're a 35-point dog in a big rivalry game that hasn't been a rivalry for 12 years, yes. On the road. Exactly. So, here's Jeremy Pruitt on how the Vols can defeat Alabama. You know, I was thinking about, you know, there's a, there's a high school team over in Arkansas... You know, they, they, they always onside kick, okay? They, always, they never punt, you know, because I, I don't know. I've never seen them play. I always hear people talk about it, you know? Um, in fact, they played one of the – I think they played one of the high school teams here in, the, in, in our state this year. Somebody was talking about it. So, you know, we've really kind of considered that as our game plan. Um, just don't give them the ball, you know, uh, if we can do that. Well, there you go. If you're going to beat Alabama, you don't give two of the ball. All right, so so here's so this this guy in Arkansas has been famous for a couple of years now. And and for those that don't know, he he goes he literally goes for two every time. He onside kicks it every time, and he goes for it on fourth down every time. Like it, like literally, he's like, I'm playing the numbers, I'm playing the stats. It's all analytics. If I go for it and I convert on fifty three percent of my fourth downs, I'm going to score more points this many times. Like it's all data driven, right? And it is a thing that has won him like six championships in Arkansas as a high school coach, something crazy like that. I want to see him do it. I want to see him do it. I don't think for one second he has the stones. No. But I want to see him do it. Now, I don't know if the onside kick thing is the percentages to play. I, I don't know about that. But going for it on fourth down, going for two, I can see those being the percentile plays that you need to go after. The problem is is that doesn't really help you cover Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs or Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell or... Najee Harris or any of the other studs they have on offense, it doesn't help you stop those guys because they are going to get the ball. At some but point. but it does bring into the, the the question, and I've said this now for a couple of weeks with the Vols. When you are as bad as they are, and you're having the issues you're having, there is a strategy that comes into mind of, look, I mean, we we have nothing to lose. We're mm-hmm. a thirty four and a half point underdog. We're probably going to get beat fifty two to thirteen. What the hell? Let's just go for it. And I'm not saying onside kick repeatedly, but I was really impressed a couple of weeks ago when Muschamp in South Carolina pretty much were all hands on deck against Alabama. They ran a few fake punts. They went for it on fourth down. Now they got beat 47 to 23, but they had moments of where they said, "You know what? We're we're going to take our shots here." Yeah, I think sometimes when you face an opponent that's just superior to you, you got to come up with. Unconventional, excuse me, unconventional ways to try to score points or keep the ball from it. Like we're not playing field position. Yeah, exactly. Here. I remember we were playing um, Indianapolis one year when I was here, and we had a bunch of injuries, uh, mainly on defense. Uh, we had some few injuries on offense, and we went down to Indianapolis. And this is when you know Peyton and Marvin and you know Edrin, they had this and Dallas Clark, they had this prolific passing game. And we knew we weren't going to, if we, if we played it straight up, we knew we weren't going to be able to beat these guys, to, you know, scoring tit for tat. Um, because we were injured on defense and we couldn't stop them. 
So what we did as a unit and as a as a team is we employed, you know, we did uh, on-tag kicks. We did a bunch of, you know, paper, things that were unconventional, things that we were not used to doing. And it kept us in the game for a minute until finally, just finally, you know, the better team end up, you know, doing what they do. And Indianapolis end up beating us by, I think, you know, more than 14 points. But we gave ourselves an opportunity because of some of the unconventional things we chose to do within the game. And maybe just maybe, you know, that's what UT has to do, at least to try to give themselves an opportunity um, early on. But I I think eventually, you know, the better team's going to weather the storm and they're going to win. I I don't know how you beat Alabama conventionally. Yeah, you can't. You you can't do it. Now, here's what I I have no problem with them going forward on fourth down, doing some of those Mm -hmm. things he's talking about. I also have them running the play clock down to one second in the first quarter. Like I would say, like, <laughs> like I don't care if you pick up three first downs, make it a four-minute drive, yeah. right? Take time off the clock. Like you, you've got to shorten the game somehow. There's a reason, and this, this is what it was funny. I was watching when North Carolina and Clemson struggled, mm-hmm. or when Clemson struggled with North Carolina. It was a two thirty kick, and I was watching all the two thirty games at that time. The Clemson South, the Clemson North Carolina game, which was decided on the two point conversion that North Carolina missed, and it was a close game, but they had a chance to win it at the end. That game ended like 30 minutes earlier than all the other 230 games did. You want to know why? Because North Carolina shrunk the game. Mm -hmm. North Carolina wanted to keep Trevor Lawrence off the field. They ran the football. Alabama has four true freshmen starting in its front seven. Hand the football off. Run the play clock down. Milk it as long as you can. Try to shorten the game, especially in the first half. And maybe you find yourself in a game in the second half. Go for it on fourth down a couple times once you get outside the 40-yard line. Like, don't go for it on your own five-yard line. On fourth and thirteen, mm-hmm. you know, use some common sense, but like by and large, if you want to go for it on fourth more than, like, what do you have to lose? Like yeah. you're a thirty-five point underdog, go for it on fourth down, bleed the clock as much as you can, run the football against a defense that's very young, and, and try to stay on the field, even if you don't score points. Mm-hmm. Just try to stay on the field because you cannot beat Alabama playing Alabama's game. You, you can't do it. Maybe LSU can, maybe Clemson can, maybe Ohio State can, maybe Oklahoma. Even then, I I doubt most of those teams can do it, but. You got to be in that rarefied territory to go toe to toe with Alabama and try to win. You, you just can't do it. That, that that really should be the blueprint for a lot of these teams in the conference this weekend because Tennessee's a thirty-four point underdog. Arkansas is almost a twenty-point home dog. I like Arkansas to play play better in that game. Mississippi State's a nineteen-point home dog. Kentucky's a twenty-five-point dog. And oh, by the way, yeah, Vanderbilt, you're a three-touchdown home dog as well. Look, look at the rest of the top teams in college football too. Like I'll give you a second to pull up the point spreads, but Oklahoma, which one you want? Oklahoma's hosting West Virginia, thirty-three and a half. There you go. You've got Ohio State at Northwestern, twenty-eight. These are all the same game plans, right? If you're Northwestern at home, if you're West Virginia, if you're if you're Tennessee against Alabama, all these teams that are going up against LSU at Mississippi State, the game plan has to be non-conventional, and it has to be to slow the game down and keep the other offenses off the field. Because what's happening, and and this is not an original thought here, but College football already has the best teams stockpiling the best players. You've also have they also all now have the super super quarterback, right? Like Oklahoma has all the best players in the Big Twelve by and large. Ohio State has a better roster than everybody in the Big Ten. Alabama has by and large the best collection of talent in the SEC for the last however many years. LSU nipping on their heels. Clemson has the best players in the ACC. But guess they not only do they have the best rosters and all the best talent with the best coaches. But they all have the Uber guy, the Uber quarterback with Fields and Hurts and Tua and Trevor and Burrow. And so 
it, it is it's going to be hard to crack into that group. It, it like and I still think the, the, I still think pretty highly of Georgia. I know everybody's down on them. I wouldn't punt on them just yet. I still think they're going to have something to say. You know, Florida, they don't have the Uber quarterback, right? Like that's Trask is solid. Um, but that's what separates, I think, this top five and six from everybody else is th- their quarterbacks. Time for silly underdogs. Make your picks now for the three college football underdogs that you think will win outright this Saturday. Weekly winners will get a pair of tickets to an upcoming Nashville sporting event or concert. You can go to thegamenashville.com or the ESPN Game Nashville mobile app and play today. Silly underdog picks brought to you by the Volunteer Hose and Gasket. We will come back and stick to sports next on Morning Drive. It is morning drive. No, not Whitney Houston today. Marquise says, you know, I'm fair and balanced, just like Fox News. I'm going to come back with a little uh, Mariah Carey. I like this. <sighs> I'm so into you. Tell me what It really bothers you that I like Mariah as much as you like Whitney. Yeah, it does. It you, should not bother you. you, would, you it does because you would take Mariah over Whitney. That bothers yeah. me. Yeah. No, it bothers me. Most men with a set of eyes would. Uh, I mean, I, not most. A young Whitney, young Mariah. Whitney Houston yeah, had. Mariah, Whitney Houston wasn't exactly chump change. Okay. No, no, of course not. No. It's all right. I'll, I'll take Brittany Howard. It's fine. You guys can have the other two. Okay. You take Ryan Howard. We'll take. Uh... <laughs> Anywho. Oh, you can have the Houston Rockets. <laughs> not Dwight Howard. <laughs> Let's stick to sports. The world is a crazy place. Crazy sounding pretty good right now. Let's lighten the mood. After all that seriousness, <laughs> you're just going to crumple it up and throw it in the trash. Basically. And stick to sports. Now, on Morning Drive. All right, Mace, you know the drill. Uh, stick to sports is brought to you by Decorated Den Interior. Stick with the pros at Decorated Den. When you're ready to decorate your home, office, outdoor spaces, set up a complimentary appointment, all right? I was waiting at for that. Decorated Den. You, like a dramatic pause there. Yeah, like, like a it. pause. Dun, dun, dun. Number one. All right, since we just talked Vols and talked Alabama, let's talk about this Alabama student that called oh in a bomb threat at Tiger Stadium on Saturday night to alter the LSU-Florida game because, and here's his reasoning, he has a reason for this, he was on the verge of losing a large bet. Well, then that's totally acceptable. It just Job mean, well done by him. It just means too much. <laughs> it means too Stupidity. It and just, no, it wasn't me. It just, I was on the right side. I had LSU. Fan is short for fanatic. It's not short for logical or reasonable or rational. So he called in. I saw that. It he just called in means a bomb too much. Threat, a bomb scare. I, I think kids do not understand they how serious the, yeah, the things like, they do are. Dude, in seriously? College. Hey, you ever been on the wrong side of trying to cover a spread? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not a good feeling. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not, but then or maybe whose if fault is that? Maybe if you're a college kid and the results of your actions require you to call in a bomb threat, maybe you shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you shouldn't have placed that much money down on an exactly. Alabama LSU game as an Alabama student. Mm-hmm. With yeah. a, with probably some random bookie who walks around campus at age 42 <laughs> years old, you know, preying on college kids with Man. you know their parents' wallets. Did you uh, did you ever pull down a fire alarm as a kid? I don't think I did. I always wanted nah. to though. I'd, yeah, I want to do it right now. To. Like every now and then in sports, you hear of a story like, you know, the Packers were staying at so-and-so's hotel on a road trip and somebody pulled a fire alarm uh, at three in the morning. How about the Ravens 49er Super Bowl? Yeah. The lights go out. Yep. Think that was an accident? Mm-hmm. Nope. Goodell. No. Goodell wanted that game closer. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't call in bomb threats that aren't real people. Yeah. I don't think that's too much to ask. Mm-hmm. Grow up and stop gambling. 
<laughs> Number two. Yeah, all right. Unless you want to slide in Nick's DMs for picks. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what you charge for those, but. <laughs> Not enough. See, I, I know you guys don't go out often, but you guys do understand the concept of ladies' night, right? Ladies yeah, night, of night, night. Okay, so there's a Queensman suing a Manhattan nightclub for discrimination God. because he had to pay a $20 entry free for a ladies' night while women got in free, pretty much. So there's a lawsuit because he had to pay a cover charge of $20. Now he's suing for $50,000 in a Manhattan Supreme Court because he couldn't get in ladies' night. When, when, when is it for when, $20? Like, when, come on, dude. When, when are men in this country going to catch a break? I agree, especially I mean, I white just, men. I, I, like it's just so ridiculous. Exactly. Like w- the most persecuted group of people in this country is clearly white men. Yep. So there you go. I mean, the, the ladies' <laughs> night has been going on forever. It's been going on forever, and you know, right? You, you pay an extra now. I, Would you pay to go to a bar? If With it's ladies, ladies night? night? No, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't no. either. That's on you. Just like, uh, decide yeah. not to go. Don't go, man. But oh. you got an app that can take care of whatever you need that night? Exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you what I do need, though. I need a dude's night. Like, I need a poker game. Oh, I'm with you on that. College football on in the background on a Saturday night, about, some beers. How about Thursday nights? Let's get a poker game yeah, going. Yeah, why not? Let's get a poker game going on poker. Thursday night. I used to love poker night. You're not good at poker? No, I'm not. You're invited. Yeah, I'm not good either. You're invited. Yeah, your money always plays with us. Your money plays with us. Bring boys. that American Express card. I got an ATM in my basement. Hey, you you can just keep you don't reloading. Know how to play that well? Oh, you can come. Come on, come on. Because here's the deal: I only play poker when I know my level of competition. I know yeah. I know my own limits, and I know when I'm going to lose. Mm-hmm. And I don't play in those games. Yeah, I know not. when I when I've matched up with even even players, that's when I have fun. That's when I enjoy it because then it's gambling and then it's mm-hmm. real poker. I don't want to play with people that I know are better than me. I just don't. I just avoid that situation altogether. I mean, I'm, I'm good at Uno. Does that count? No. No, not really. Number three. All right. So <laughs> speaking of cars, now an Iowa man was accused of possession of a fake ID. This 20-year-old was arrested for having a fake ID. And guess what his ID said? It was a Hawaii ID with the name McLovin on it. And it was date of birth <laughs> 0603-1981. So this Iowa kid has now been arrested for having a fake ID Wait, at a bar. He's 20? He's 20 years old? Yeah, he's 20. So he's pretending to be 38? Yeah. Oh, my God. Why just come pretend to be 21? Right? Just get one that makes it more reasonable. <laughs> exactly. Also, not McLovin. But it said it, it was a, basically a McLovin I love, that, I love that scene from Superbad. McLovin, really? McLovin, one name? You're going to go with one name? <laughs> Speaking of fake IDs, the best was when uh, in Rush Hour... Chris Tucker gives Jackie Chan his police ID. Oh, my God. And Jackie Chan looks at it and he goes, they're never going to believe I'm 6'3". <laughs> so, Not the fact that I'm Asian and he's black, but no, I'm, I'm too short. So a reference to one of the funniest oh, movies of man. our generation, as it pertains to an ID, inspires you to talk about Rush Hour 3? Uh, Rush Hour oh. 2. Rush Hour 2. So instead, yeah, get of, your Rush Hours instead of quoting Superbad... Yeah. One of the funniest movies of our time. I pivoted to a bad you movie. You pivoted to Rush Hour yes. 2. Man. That's what I'm here for. Okay. I mean, kids nowadays, I, I, I'm not surprised because kids nowadays, they got fake IDs when you're in college and whatever. You got a fake ID. Have the statutes of limitation run out on us? I had a fake ID when I was in college. I never had one. I never had I ne- one I never either. had one either. Yeah. I had it for one thing. I needed it for one thing. And that was to, to go on a spring break trip my freshman year of college. Mm. Where'd you go? The Redneck Riviera, baby. Mm. Sandpiper Beacon. 
Man, but I, but ice, I drink butt ice out of a keg for, for, <laughs> for oh, seven man. days straight. Is spring break still a thing college kids do? Like, uh, yes. I think it is. Like yes. go to Fort Lauderdale, Florida? It, it's, just, or? it's just bigger now. Like, they had is it? Shark is still there. No, you go to like Cabo okay. or Cancun. These kids are going other places now. Yeah, it's all fancy. I went to Panama one year for spring break. But, did for you really? When I was in college, yeah. Panama, same beach that uh, Dak Prescott got knocked that's, out. That's the Redneck Riviera. That's where I was with the Sandpiper San Beacon, which is the hotel that has its own tiki bar. And if you know what I'm talking about, you, you know, know what I'm, what I'm talking, talking about. about. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know what to say there. There's, there's a really good spring break episode of Married with Children <laughs> where where Bud and the uh, his college boys. Was it Bud or was it Grandmaster B? It was Grandmaster B. It's a good yeah. pull by you. They go to Fort Lauderdale, and what do they find out? They find Alan Jefferson there judging Miss Spring Break. Yes, I saw that one. That's Unbelievable good. episode. Grandmaster V. Exactly. Have you, have you all seen that Seth Rogen has ha- has a response to this kid getting arrested? Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, I saw no, that. No, I didn't. Fogel! Come on, Fogel! <laughs> Fogel. <laughs> Number four. Oh, all right, so a Philly football coach faces a $500 fine for allowing his team a blowout win. Now, basically, and Nick, this is in your neck of the woods, and he's a brother-in-law of a former Eagle as well. He basically ran up the score on a team, on a youth football team, and all of a sudden, he's getting fined for it. But what he said was basically, look, I'm not going to tell my kids to back off just because, you know, I'm not going to tell my kids to stop playing hard because we're up 30 to zero. So he kept, you know, allowing his kids to play. They went up 36 to zero. And then all of a sudden, he gets a $500 fine for it. And Tory Smith is his brother in law. So, Can yeah, you? that's how I kind of got a big name Can out of it. Can you get fined for something like that? Well, there are certainly run rules where a game ends. Yeah, you get it 10, is, 10, I think 10 it's runs just in the game. Doesn't doesn't high school football have the mercy rule where when you're up 35, the clock. clock keeps running? Yeah, it's a running clock, yeah. yeah. But that, okay, he, here's the thing. I don't blame the guy. Um, He's trying know, to cover just, the spread. You no, know, you just keep playing. Jeez. But we, we teach our, we're trying to teach our kids what? To continue to play hard, give 100%, yada, yada. We're trying to teach them all that. But only, but it changes when you're up. By three touchdowns. Now you don't have to give it 100%. Now you don't have to go out there and do the things you're supposed to do. Don't confuse these kids, okay? If you're telling them to give 100%, at the beginning they need to be giving 100% even if they're up 30. That's just the way it is. So I, I heard, I'm a, I'm a big anti, anti-participation troll. Trophy. Yeah. I'm, I'm very anti this, and you know, teach your kids to prepare them for the world. You know, I, I get all that. Like losing is a thing in real mm-hmm. life. You need to learn how to lose and and all that stuff. I saw a stand up comedian Gary Gil- Gilmore, Gil- Gilmore, I think, who's dealt with a lot of severe depression and mental mental health issues, and he and he does a whole bit about participation trophies. Like he's like, what's the problem with participation trophies? I know all you parents want to prepare your kids for losing. But like you know, like life is gonna do that to them eventually. Like just you just lose in life all the time. And I, I there was one of those moments where I kind of said, you know what, that that kind of makes sense. Maybe we, I for for a moment I actually thought, oh, maybe participation trophies are okay, just for a moment. No, they're not. And then I came back to reality. Yeah. yeah. So basically, less than two minutes left, he called a timeout to pull his starters and basically pulled in the kids that never played. And then there was one play where a five year old boy got the ball, ran towards the end zone, and the coach was telling him to fall down because obviously he didn't want to run up the score. Mm-hmm. He was telling him to fall down, but the kid just still scored. But he's, he faces a two-game suspension and a $500 <laughs> fine. Oh, and his quote was, I have three sons. I'm not going to tell my son, especially if he's running the ball, don't go out there and give it your all. So- exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, and whoever want to find this man, shame on you. 
I mean, just again, end the game. Just exactly. have a rule just with, a, with the, the game. game. Yes, you're up 36 game. points. Game's over. Just game's game. over. We're yeah. gonna end the game. Yeah. That's what you do instead of telling. Oh, you can't. Don't tell your kids to play hard. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. All right, stick to sports is over. We're gonna go into the victory formation and take a knee. We're done scoring, but we'll come back in the fourth quarter and kick it off with Mad Money Smith. Matt Money Smith, obviously host of the Petros and Money Show in Los Angeles. He also doubles as the play-by-play voice for the L.A. Chargers. We will go behind enemy lines, get a preview on the Titans opponent next on Morning Drive.